Welcome to Grace Story Podcast. We're here to connect you with education, resources, and community that equip you for the journey of restoration. My name's Nate Davison, and I am your host here at Grace Story Podcast. And thank you once again for joining us on this episode, uh, number 28. Uh, we're going to have a guest on whose name is Aaron Lee. He's also a podcaster. Uh, he's the host of a show called Let's Get Trying, all about being authentic. Now, the topic of authenticity, Jesus actually said a little bit about this in Luke chapter 12. He says, but there is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. There's a paraphrase of this chapter that goes like this. It says, you can't keep your true self hidden forever. Before long, you'll be exposed. You can't hide behind a religious mask forever. Sooner or later, the mask will slip and your true face will be known. I mean, that, that's just powerful to think about if, if you are trying to put up a front, a facade, uh, and try to show yourself as perfect. I think we all kind of do this a little bit with social media. We all do want to put our best foot forward and be seen as, you know, the best we can. Uh, but there's something to this for the Christ follower to being an authentic Christian. Authentic Christians, we don't have to go out and pretend like we're perfect. We know we're not. Uh, and when we screw up, when we don't get it right, we're the first ones to admit it. Uh, we are doing our best to be real, to be the real deal. Uh, and part of that is just asking ourselves today, am I the real deal? Am I living a life worth imitation? And, and that's not, that's not unbiblical. Uh, Paul says, uh, in first Corinthians chapter four, he says, I urge you then be imitators of me. He was saying to follow after him as he's following after Christ, uh, man. That is such a challenge. Is my life worth imitating? Am I the real deal? Am I pointing others to Christ? Well, today our guest is Aaron Lee, and he has a podcast. You can get it anywhere that you get your podcast, whether that's Spotify, uh, iTunes, whatever it may be, uh, where he talks about these things, progress over perfection, uh, living real, being authentic. It's called Let's Get Trying. Uh, it's a podcast that challenges us to live real and authentic lives no matter the journey we're on. Aaron Lee is a Christ follower, a husband to Jerica, father to three boys, Jedediah, Abram, and Josiah. Uh, like we talked about, he is a podcaster, also a woodworker and a graphic artist. Um, he's a worship pastor out of Louisville, Kentucky, uh, and we are just happy to have him on the episode today talking about being authentic, living real, and getting trying in life. Let's go to our conversation now with Aaron Lee. Aaron Lee, good to have you on Grace Story Podcast today. Thank you for coming on. Uh, you are the host of a podcast called Let's Get Trying. That's a pretty hey, unique name. Um, can you tell us more about that title and uh, you know what what that show is all about? Yeah, you know, so a, a big part of my life. First off, thanks for thanks for bringing me on here, Nate. I'm excited to be here. But um, you know, one of the one of the things that has became a mantra in my life and especially through my own personal story is the idea of, uh, being about progress and not perfection. Cause I think a lot of times, uh, we all just think that we have to be perfect every day and, and kind of lean into this perfectionism mentality. And what I, what I've came to realize is I'm, uh, I'm a miserable perfectionist <laughs> and it's like impossible for me to be perfect. And so what I learned is that, uh, it's all about getting up the next day and trying again, trying again. Um, even though maybe I didn't make, uh, make it the way I wanted it to be the day before, that doesn't mean I can't try again tomorrow. And it really birthed into this idea of authentic authentic living. And for me to live an authentic life is to, to be okay with those failures that I have that like, there is a margin between progress and perfection. And, and that margin is, is our imperfections. And it's saying, you know what, I'm okay with the fact that sometimes I, I make mistakes and I'm okay with the fact that I'm not a perfect person. 
but I'm going to live in this real place, this very authentic place, this vulnerable place. And so created this podcast to help encourage other people. Actually, it started out as a anxiety podcast because I struggle with anxiety and depression uh, uh, very uh, regularly. And then kind of morphed into more of a, you know what, the thing about that stuff is we don't dig down deep enough to kind of unearth some of the things that we're struggling with. And so let's get trying was, you know what, we're going to, we're going to get to work and we're going to dig into those things that keep us from being authentic. And then from that, it allows us to live a life of progress and kind of push back on that perfectionism. Well, it sounds like a lot of it's knowing more about yourself too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to learn, uh, and, and you, you mentioned the perfection side of it. None of us are perfect. So yeah. if someone says they're perfect, uh, it sounds like that's an inauthenticity, if that's a word, uh, yeah. in and of itself. Yeah, absolutely. One, one of the things I think, especially in the church, like I'm just going to be real about it. In the church today, we tend to, to think that Jesus expects us to be perfect, expects us to have it all together. And I think we've got it all backwards. I think he just really wants a surrendered life. I really believe that the Lord says to me, hey, you know what? I know you're going to fall down. Uh, what matters to me is that you just keep getting up and I'll be right there by your side to help you up and keep moving in the direction towards me. And and that's what's important. And so, yeah, the whole perfectionism thing is almost a lie that we've we've learned to be okay with. Well, it, nobody wants to not be perfect. Nobody wants to make mistakes, uh, even though we all make them. Um so I can only imagine like the, that balance of being authentic versus wanting to be the best you can be. And you also mentioned vulnerability. Um, yeah. You know, the, I, I think about social media and the way we portray ourselves online. It's all you know, best foot forward, which is okay. But what's that balance that you found maybe between vulnerability and being authentic at the same time? Yeah, you know, vulnerability... I think it's yet another word that we've kind of put a negative spin on. When we think of the word vulnerability, we just assume that it, it, it means something bad. Like that if you are vulnerable, then you're, you're in a bad place. And in reality, if you go look up that word, it'll say you're exposing yourself to attack. It's, it's allowing you to be susceptible to attack. And what stands out to me, though, is that when I look in Scripture, I look, I look back in the book of Genesis, what, was, what were we intended to be? We were very vulnerable. And I, not to be awkward, but uh, Adam and Eve weren't, they were pretty vulnerable before the fall of man. You know, they were walking around without any clothes on. And the reality is, is they were meant to be exposed. It was okay to be exposed, but then sin came into the world and we see what sin did to that it it told us that vulnerability was a bad thing. And what it did was it, it replaced vulnerability with shame. And so I think there's this balance because authentic, authenticity is really just aligning your internal values with your external actions. And that has been a really, really eye-opening thing for myself because I realized that a lot of times I value people being honest. I value people being genuine. I, I value certain things, but do I reflect that in my actions? And so I think there is a big difference between authenticity and vulnerability, but they kind of, it's important for them to go hand in hand for you to be able to live this life that's, you know, the way God intended it to be. And so there's also the other, the other piece to all of this, that is um, the fact that a lot of us think we, um, well, you know, we like I'm a pastor, so I don't want to get on stage and tell people all my all my garbage, right? But the re, but I struggle with that. I struggle with the fact of, well, the Lord made me to be who I am and I do have things that I'm working through in my life. So, how can I um be authentic? How can I be vulnerable but also be a leader who can step up and say, you know what? Even though in these things, even though I have these failures in my life, I also have these beautiful moments where the Lord speaks and moves and challenges me and, and I'm a better person because of it. So it's also having a confidence in that vulnerability. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Well, and it reminds me of, we had an episode with uh, someone who, I think it was Don Davison. He gave the phrase, vulnerability creates room for connection. Mm. Um, it creates that room yeah. for openness and honesty that's so vital for a relationship. Um, but the key there is also in relationships, you have, you have boundaries mm. and you have an enforceable boundaries and respect. So, I mean, you can go as far as you want to go in that at what role for you has boundaries played in, in your authentic journey? Well, you know, I'm going to be pretty honest here because, uh, I mean, that's part of my, my thing. It's part of my, my, uh, one of my other mantras and that's to be, uh, real and live authentically. And so, um, boundaries is something that I've had to practice a lot because trust comes in with, you know, you share something with someone, you have to trust the fact that they're going to not use that against you you know, especially in those, in those really, really vulnerable moments. And I think it's really important that in the moments where we struggle, you know, I, I, in my life, especially going back into my middle and high school years, and I've shared this on my podcast, you know, I had a porn addiction all the way up into four years of my marriage. And, um, you know, there was the one side of me that would was very, very much afraid to bring down a barrier to allow people to help me because of the taboo nature of that topic. But then there was the other side of like, I don't want to share this with everyone because if I do, someone can use this against me. I could lose my job, even though I shared that with leadership. So it wasn't something I was hiding, but you know, people can twist things that you say. Um, but what I've learned is it's so important to have people you trust, people that you trust that you can be vulnerable with, and that creates a boundary in itself. So by having someone in your life that you can say, hey, I trust you, I love you, help me with this. You've created a, a boundary that is a protective boundary because it's someone that can help you, but also someone who won't share it with, you know, the world, but you can't do that with everybody. That's just reality. Like there's people in your life, there ain't no way in the world I'm going to tell that person about, you know, what I'm walking through because they'll use it against me. Um, but I think boundaries are, are hugely important, but they're also important to bring down sometimes because they, they keep us from living real and being authentic. Well, and you, you mentioned something here, that fear of, um, you know, being things being used against you or, um, people, you know, not being authentic themselves in what they portray as their relationship with you. Um, or, you know, you're overexposing yourself to some type of liability. And that, that makes me want to dig deeper on that. What are some of the other fears that you've experienced or that you've uh, heard other people talk about that keep us from being authentic? Like, Christ wants us to be. This this is probably the thing that the Lord is teaching me the most right now. That that question is is being required. I'm having to ask myself this a lot. And what I think the Lord is saying to me right now is insecurity plays a tremendous part in how we whether we live authentically or we live with a mask on. And why I say that is in our insecurities, we have created basically a defense system. So when anything comes in and attacks or, you know, can attack us, our insecurities will fight back against us. That's when we get defensive with people. That's when we will respond through addiction. That's when we respond through, um, you know, being cold with someone that maybe we care about. I'm bad about that. That's something that's one way that I tend to struggle a lot is like if I'm carrying a heavy burden, my insecurity of that will then get projected on someone else because, uh, you know, I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to allow someone in. So I think insecurity, that word is really, really creeping its way through my life right now and saying, okay, 
I've got to get down to the roots of the things that have been going on in my life and say, actually, I need to get down to the the root of what is causing me to be insecure because that insecurity is then dictating all the things that I do say and think, especially uh, in a world that is social media driven in a world that, you know, I'm, I'm a worship pastor, so I'm on a platform. I can get caught up in the, the fact of, of people seeing me on a stage, all that stuff will, if, if your insecurity is not treated and not removed, will, will cause you to go down a path that, uh, is not of God. And it's especially, it's more of a, an idol worship of yourself. And I, I'm just really struggling with that whole concept right now because there's some things in my life that when something happens externally, uh, it then triggers my insecurity. And then I respond to that insecurity through, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a bad I'm an online shopper. I like to shop online. I'm uh, I'm an overindulger in food. I tend to do that because I'm hurting deep down and I've just not gotten to the core of what's causing this insecurity, which is the is really the the real problem. There's a lot with what you just said. And one of my first yeah, observations <laughs> I mean it's good though. Like one of the first observations I'm thinking about as you're talking is, okay, this is something you've wrestled with the insecurity side of it. You've, you've, uh, developed tools where you recognize when it's happening, you know, what the, the course is going to be, but even though you've developed tools to deal with that, the emotions surrounding that the course of action of how this happens still plays out. Um, it's just whether, you know, what is it, whether it's going to ruin your day or ruin a yeah. relationship or, I mean, what, what do you do in those moments? How does that play out for you now that you've kind of been able to recognize it and been able to learn about it, mm-hmm. but you're still in the trench? How does that play out? Yeah. Not good sometimes. <laughs> well, and I will say, you know, when, when we stop and think about we all have mommy, daddy issues. We all have, you know, my thing as a kid was I was bullied a lot, um, and dealt with a lot of that. So that, that's a, that's something that's real dear to my heart, but it also, uh, lives with me this, you know, even today, you know, in an interaction with someone else, I, I still feel that tension. Like I go back to being a six year old kid again, but, um, you know, what I tend to do when, when I feel like I'm aware of it, so I do want to reiterate how important it is to know what those things are, you know, to know what those things that are causing you to be insecure. I know for me, it's acceptance. I just wanted to be accepted by people. And I think we can narrow it down to about a handful of things that everyone deals with. It's just, maybe we're saying it a little differently or or whatever. But, um, for me, you know, having an awareness that I just want to be accepted by people, then when things happen throughout my day, I can filter it through that and realize, okay, all right, am I overthinking this? The biggest thing that has been a help for me though, is saying whenever something creeps in my mind, for example, if I'm, I'm left out of something and I feel that obviously triggers me not feeling accepted. You know, like when, when, uh, when someone thinks of, Hey, we're going to have a party for one of our friends and I don't get invited, whatever. I'm just using an example. Not that that's happened, but, uh, that I know of <laughs> there's Not someone filling out a birthday card right now. Invitation <laughs> like, well, I better get right. it over to Aaron. I don't know. <laughs> Dang it. I forgot. <laughs> um, what, what happens is that that triggers me and I think to myself, okay, they don't like me or I'm not accepted or I'm not loved or whatever. And the biggest thing that has helped me that I, and I felt this still every day is the Lord says, oh, would I say these things to you? What you're hearing, what you're hearing in your head, is that something that you, the God that you know, would he say those things to you? And about 99% of the time, I can answer no to that because that's not the God I know. The God I know is loving and caring and gracious and forgiving. Now, does he challenge us? Absolutely. Does he discipline us? Absolutely. But he will never discourage you. He will never tear you down. And that was, that's a big thing for me that I, I walk through daily 
in, okay, when I feel those things in the moment and, and to be quite honest, most of the time it's after the fact I'm coming back around to it and I'm processing it. I have to say to myself, is that something that the Lord w- is saying to me? Or is that something that my insecurity is saying to me? You mentioned this in your most recent podcast, Progress Not Perfection, about whose voice are you listening to? And we talked about that on Grace Story Podcast, kind of those those voices that are ingrained in us as we grow up, uh, voices we've heard in particular situations, whether that's criticism, whether that's encouragement, uh, whatever that may be, those things that we listen to are not necessarily always our own inner monologue. Um, mm-hmm. it, but you're, you're saying what I'm hearing you say is identifying not only is this something that Jesus would say to me, because is it in the character uh, of what I know of Jesus through scripture, mm-hmm. but also identifying whose voice that is in my life. Um, how have you gone about doing something like that? How do you identify where that comes from? Well, it's going back, like I was saying, to the root, knowing knowing what it is that you know would be your thing, like mine is acceptance. And then I think insecurity is such a um, underrated villain in our lives. I don't know if that's a good phrase, but it's just, um, it's something that I think all these thoughts birthed out of. And so your insecurity, you, you live some sort of sentence in your head. You're like, I'm not accepted. Okay. Then out of that, I start the, the things that start telling off of that. So those, those things that I start hearing, those those thoughts when i'm in a situation where i don't feel accepted i just it's like i pull the line back to insecurity and and that's what you have to do you have to trace it back and it's either tracing it back to the god you know or it's tracing it back to what you know you struggle with and what you want from people so for me personally every day is a battle in this you know, I sent him, I sent my wife a text today on, on my way to work. Like, I don't even want to go to work today. Like, I'm just, I'm just struggling. And it was all rooted in not feeling accepted. And the things that were being said to me on my drive to work was, um, you hold no value doing what you do. Another thing that was said to me was, um, you don't look the part. I don't look like a worship leader. Um, I'm a redneck in a way. (laughs) (laughs) No skinny jeans for you, I guess, huh? Well, you know, every now and then, but not, not like, you know, not like the ones that are painted on, but you know, I, I, I just, there's several things that kept being said to me. And I think the more you understand yourself, the more you understand what it is you wrestle with, in your core of your in core of your being, the more you realize the lies, the more you know what the lies are that are being said to you. Well, and lies by their very nature are a lot of times there's a little truth in them. Sure. Um, but what, I, what I'm hearing is kind of something that is really awesome is within those moments, within those really dark moments where you're hearing things that now you're recognizing are, not authentic where it's not about what I don't get value from what I do. I don't get value from what I look like. I get value from who I am in God and that he has chosen me, uh, created me and tells me who I am through him. I'm made in his image. But what you're doing is adding an action step to everything that's in there and giving yourself something to do rather than just sink deeper and deeper. Uh, I mean, how liberating is that to to have an action item that you can do and implement in those moments? Well, when I use it, it's great. <laughs> I, again, I am not perfect. That's why I push for progress, not perfection, because, you know, it isn't until this moment right now I can look back, tell myself this from this morning, like, hey, don't believe these things about you. Um, but I will say, it is extremely liberating because 
look at go back to that that story of the Garden of Eden. I love to use that story because I think it's it's what we should strive for. And what we should strive for is this life that we're in community with one another, we're in community with God, we're vulnerable, we're in peace. That's what God intended for for us. Well, sin broke that. So when I look at my own life and those moments where I'm living in my head, if I don't get that out of my head, I I'm going to continue to live in my head and do exactly what you just said. You, you sink. What did the enemy cause Adam and Eve to do in the moment that they they sinned? They hid. They hid in the garden because they were afraid. So fear pushes us back into back into the bushes, and 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 in our case, sin pushes us back into our heads. We continue to just go through this cycle in our heads of I'm not good enough, I'm not accepted, people don't love me, I'm too much of a failure, whatever it may be for you. And because of that, if we don't get it out of our heads, we, we just stay there. But when we get it out of our heads, when we put action to it, like I'm saying, asking yourself that question, I also strongly encourage you to even confess these things out loud to someone you love and trust say it to say i'm believing this about myself right now and i need to say it because i don't know about you i'm a verbal processor so what happens with me is most of the time when i start talking i realize how stupid i am in my head (laughs) i'm like oh yeah that wasn't a great thought i had um but I see such beauty in exactly what you're talking about with vulnerability creates community um, from your previous podcast. Look at that. That is so true in the fact that when you take those things that you're thinking and become vulnerable and say them to someone else, you have created community. And from that, then not only have you helped yourself because you, you started to bring to light the things that were hidden in the bushes. But now you've allowed that other person to feel truth and to see vulnerability in a way that's being practiced in front of them, and they're going to want to do the same thing. Sure. Well, and it, it, you you hit that on the head, the nail on the head, because also within that, you use the word believe as you're you're saying these things to someone else. I believe these things about myself. That that's indicative of a reality. I am living in this reality, and I need if that reality is not true. For you to speak into my life and you open with that vulnerability. There's the connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing that's, that's, that's kind of, I'm moving towards with this is the authenticity, whether we are authentic or not affects our decision-making. Mm-hmm. Um, whether we choose to connect with somebody, whether we choose to be vulnerable out of those insecurities and whether we choose to be authentic, then affects who we become what decisions we yeah. make in life? Have you experienced that type of thing? Your your level of authenticity affecting your decision making process? Yeah, both good and bad. Because again, what I was saying about authenticity is just your internal values lining up with your external actions. So if your values on the inside are not matched up, you're not being authentic. And um, I've seen that when people, you know, they value community, but they isolate themselves. So that's their action. So they, they're not being authentic in that. I I'm bad about that. I am an introvert by nature. So I naturally, I would much rather sit up here in this room I'm in right now and hang out by myself and do all those things. My wife is literally the opposite. Like she is so excited about any opportunity to be around people And, you know, in the first part of our marriage, that caused a lot of conflict because internally I didn't, didn't value that. And so I wasn't, I would go places with her because she wanted me to go. It wasn't authentic. It really, genuinely, I hated being there. Uh, Just don't share this with her because I don't want her to hear all this. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, But saying, saying all that, the, the beautiful thing about, that is is that when 
when you have these things in your heart that you care about and you share them, my wife has actually changed things I valued in my heart. So I go back to the fact that she's shown me why it's important to care about people. And from that, I've then started to practice that more. And so I've like almost came out of, I'm, I'm still a strong introvert, but I've almost came out of that in some ways because I've learned a new thing to value and I value it. And to live authentically, I've got to live it out and I've got to go and connect with people. I've seen that also, you know, I've had numerous conversations with, with friends who, you know, they, because I struggled with pornography, that became a very close to home topic with several guy friends of mine. And we were able to, you know, work through things together and, it was because through vulnerability, <laughs> my vulnerability then created that vulnerability in them, and then their vulnerability created it in someone else. And all of this is is creating authentic living. It's because they valued vulnerability. It was actually something they cared about, it was something they they saw as important. And so, yeah, that authenticity comes out in people in a beautiful, beautiful way uh, when you're vulnerable. And I, I don't know, that's just, for me, I, I love seeing that happen. And I, I, I think it's really important to do it. You mentioned that, uh, as you kind of make and become vulnerable, share some of those things that you haven't been good at, or you've just flat out failed at, it opens you up to somehow being the go-to person for, Hey, he failed at that. I, I failed at it too. <laughs> I'm going to go right. find out how he dealt with that. Like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not an expert. I'm, I'm just saying I failed at it. Like, yeah, me too. Let's talk about it. Like, no, <laughs> I don't want to be the go-to guy on this failure. Uh, but so often it creates that opening to like, at least start the conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, I, I've learned in, in those moments, I'll give you an example. I think you even mentioned it on, on one of my episodes is, you know, I was I was leading worship at church, no joke, having considerable anxiety that morning. Didn't didn't even I had a friend on the team and I texted him. I said, I can't even be around our team right now. Like I'm so overwhelmed with anxiety. So I was sitting in the back by myself, squatted down in in the backstage area just because I didn't feel like I could breathe. I was kind of having a panic attack. And literally our countdown starts for service. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, help. I don't. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm, no anxiety now. No, yeah, of course, I'm like freaking out. And I I stepped out on the stage and I can't remember if it was immediately if it was after the first song. And and I just said, hey, I just need to I need to confess something to you guys. I need to I need to share this. And, and I I just told him I told him exactly. I mean, maybe not in so many words what I told you. I was in the back, like struggling hardcore, like didn't, didn't want to be out here. Didn't want to do this. And, and please know, like, I'm not, this is not about me because I'm literally just telling you my own failures, but because I'm telling you my own failures, I had, I had so many people come up to me after service and say, I felt the exact same thing about coming to church today. And it, it blew my mind because I'm sitting here just one just needing to get it out of my head. I'm not even thinking about the fact that someone else in the room could be feeling the exact same way. And then people come up to me and say, you have no idea how badly I needed to hear that. And, you know, in God's perfect wisdom, he, he uses things for his good. You know, he uses my panic attacks for his good and, I struggle with that, but I also trust him in that. And I, I just, just saying this stuff, you have no idea how many times you'll hear someone say me too. Yeah, it's, it's, it almost like breaks my heart that we as a culture and especially we as a church would be, would ever shy away from that kind of authenticity and vulnerability. Well, it gets messy. It gets messy, and and if if it gets messy, I like things to be neat. I like things to yep. be orderly. Uh, why don't we just go to church, pass the plates, and uh, you know, three three songs in a sermon. There better be three points there too. Nothing topical. Let's right. get this going, and, and then we can go home because the roast is on. All those things lined up. Um, 
because that order is comfortable. Yeah. But in order to be authentic, I think discomfort is vital. Uh, and I mean that from the sense of oh. we're, we're not content in our, our insecurities. We're not content in feeling fake. But in order to get out of that rut, it's not going to be comfortable. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I shared something with our, our worship team yesterday in a staff meeting, and I, I can't tell you how uncomfortable I was just saying it. And it was out of my own. I was saying I was doing this. I was practicing this. And I I literally, uh, I had someone come up to me and said, hey, I just want to encourage you for a second. He said, I know what's going to happen to you. He said, you're going to leave. He goes, you're going to have sharer's remorse is the way he said it. Uh, he said, you're going to, you're going to, you, you felt so uncomfortable sharing that, that then later you're going to regret it. You're going to think you did the wrong thing. And, you know, as I thought more and more about it, I'm like, he's exactly right. He, he's exactly right. I, I tend to live in these, these weirdo, like insecure moments. And, but it reminded me like, it hurts to get that stuff out. I mean, imagine Adam and Eve walking out of that bush for the first time. It's so weird. I know, but well, you know, <laughs> it's scripture. It's fine. <laughs> right. It still feels funny. But what I'm saying is, could you imagine God's coming through there? God knows where they're at. He's just, he's actually, what he's doing is he's saying to them when, when he says, where are you? He's wanting them to confess. He's wanting them to say, we're here. We, we did this. And so they step forward out of the bushes and you know how uncomfortable that had to be. Well, if it's uncomfortable for us to talk about, you know, however many thousand years later, it's probably, yes. I can imagine being in the moment that's in, it, before the one authority figure that matters the most in your finite life. That'd right. Incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. But you know I, what, what it shows is what does God do next? God, God clothes them. He doesn't leave them where, I mean, there's punishment that comes along. <laughs> you, you can get all that. But the beauty is he, he still loved them through that. And he still, he still redeemed them through that. And that's where a lot of times that hurt. Well, you know, you think about it. How many times have you heard people say, well, you know, I expected to follow Jesus and everything be good. Well, like, let's be real, man. That's not how it plays out. You know, you look at Paul's life. Paul's life. I had a friend say this to me. He, you know, Paul's life before he converted to follow Jesus, he that dude probably had it going pretty good for him. And now he writes the majority of these letters in prison. Uh, and you know, just just the reality is it's not gonna be easy. But that goes back to for me, it's the let's get trying thing. It just means we're not going to give up. We're not going to let go. It's about progress, not perfection. Well, one of the things I notice about the you know bringing up the Adam and Eve part is, uh, even though they're uncomfortable, embarrassed, and there's going to be consequences, as you mentioned, through all of that, through their decision making, through everything, they didn't lose any value towards God. God no. did not value them differently before, during, or after, even though he knew in his omniscient way everything that was going down. And I think that leads to a good question of this this authenticity. You know, if they're hiding. We tend to do the same thing. There's no healing in the hiding. Uh, God is searching for us actively because he values us. How does that authentic life play into my relationship with God? Hmm. That's a great question, and here's here's something else I've studied in Scripture that has really shown me about that relationship. And I believe even on another episode, I talk, actually I know I did, because this was something that really birthed out of the name Let's Get Trying, um, was Jesus lived out this authenticity. So you go to the Garden of Gethsemane now. So we're now on, on the other garden. And uh, what does Jesus do? He says, he tells his disciples, hey, wait here. I want to go pray, which I'm sure happened many times before. But he comes back, sees they're asleep, and he says to them, 
I am grieved, even to the point of death. And we know what he prayed. We He asked God to take away this burden that he was going to have to carry. So look at the authenticity in that. Jesus, deep down, had friends he cared about. He wanted them to care about what he cared about. He wanted them to, to be praying for him. He breaks down and says, I, I am, I'm overwhelmed. Like I just I I am at the point where I just I'm I feel like I'm gonna die. That's how overwhelmed. I mean, imagine that. In him, he believed it was important to to share that with his disciples to say that to them, to be authentic about what was going on, to be vulnerable about what he was feeling. And then to say even to the Father, God, please don't make me do this. Like, I know in my humanness, like, I don't want to do this. I know in my in my divinity, I should, but I don't want to. Now, we know he did it. You know, We know he still uh, laid on the cross and did what he knew he had to do, but it didn't change the fact that he was extremely vulnerable and extremely authentic with and real with his disciples. I think in our everyday lives, it's the exact same thing. If if in our relationship with God, we can't confess, we can't share, we can't say the things that we're struggling with, then one, we're limiting that relationship with the Lord. We don't trust that the Lord can help us enough. Then the other side of it is if we can't share that with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, then we're missing out on the fact that we, we're trying to carry a burden that we can't carry on our own. And so for me personally, I have found there is nothing better for my relationship with the Lord than speaking this stuff out loud. I know I've already said that, but like, I, I cannot tell you how important it is because of how dangerous it is to live in it, in your head. And you know, like I've, I've, I've found through friends, really, really close friends, that God, God does amazing things, things that I never could imagine um, in in people's lives because all it took was just a little bit of vulnerability and a little bit of authenticity, and from that, God radically changed their lives. And so, I think it's as simple. Well, it's not always simple, but I think for those of us who tend to walk down that path and feel like maybe we're not good enough or we struggle with certain things, I, I really do believe that there are moments where we have to say, I need, I need you to help me carry this. And that sometimes that's the Lord and sometimes that's other people. So for me, I, I've, I've grown closer in knowing that Jesus did it. Jesus was authentic and vulnerable. I've also grown closer knowing that Jesus uh, shared it with those that were closest to him, which means what? I should do the exact same thing. And he prayed it to the Father. So, well, And you mentioned sometimes needing, uh, you know, Christ to help us carry our burdens as well. It, that what we learn of putting up the facade and like everything's okay, I'm okay. It's amazing how we also transfer that over to an all-knowing God who who knows everything about us anyways. There's no reason to be inauthentic. Uh, it, we need to be authentic and that's what he wants. But like we go and like, hey, I'm I'm good. I'm just here to get my devotional time in and uh, check in, clock in, clock out. But like, you know, he wants connection just as much as we desire connection because it's part of our identity. We are made in his image and he wants that relationship with us. Uh, I mean, and thinking about that as the creator of the universe is a sobering, amazing, crazy, far out thought to think that if I draw close to him, then he said he'll draw close to me. Yeah. Despite what I've done, despite the scars on my life, despite the, what I'm currently in, if I just say his name in a very real way, he will, he will be present with me. That's insane to think about. Yeah, man. I like why, why, why would God want to do that? And it just comes back to how much he loves us, you know, and 
that that in itself is when I start to realize those lies that are in my head. That's that's not God's love over me. That's that's the enemy trying to deceive me. And I I just I'm humbled like like what you're saying, man, to think that the God who is at the beginning, the end, and right in this present would even care to tell me he loves me. That's a big deal, man. It's a big deal. Well, and it plays into our whole identity. If you can get the identity right and you can get who God is right, that's a great foundation for everything to to be built on, which leads me to another question, which, you know, uh, hopefully you're not near the end of your life at all, but giving some perspective, is this a lifelong battle with authenticity? Um, is there some moment where, you know, you think we're going to like, I am, I am authentic, man. I got my, my Instagram or my, my, my Twitter check mark. I'm authentic now. Or is this a lifelong battle or is it something, I mean, I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah. I, I, all honesty, I don't, I think we're going to fight it till, until Christ steps down from the heavens again. I, I think it's the nature of the world we live in and the fact that sin is still present. Sin being present is going to always cause us to, um, to struggle. And I, I think that's that's kind of the idea with let's get trying, and it that just means that every day you got to do it. You you got to pick it up, and and Jesus kind of warned us of that and challenged us challenged us with that. He said, you know, you're gonna have to. I want you to pick up your cross daily and follow me. That literally means every day you've got to surrender yourself every day to this. And so for me, it just means hey. Till I'm 80 in a nursing home, I'm, you know, and the Lord takes me, I, I've got to keep doing it. I got to keep trying. I got to keep um, pushing. And I'm going to fall down along the way. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to think bad things about myself. I'm going to believe bad things about myself. Um, but if I'm rooted in, in who God is in my life, then I'm going to take his hand when I do fall down and he's going to help me back up. And I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep trying. Well, you mentioned that that self that we're supposed to die to. You know, it's really hard to die to something or identify something that you need to give up if you don't understand what self is. So even learning these things about yourself uh, is just so you can fulfill what Christ wants for you and lay those things aside. Because if you don't know insecurity or pride or, you know, feelings of, of being overwhelmed or your self-worth, if, if that's part of self, you don't know to just lay that aside too. Because it sounds like with that, well, I need to die. Dying to pride sounds a lot better, maybe a lot easier, like, because then I can grovel. I can, yeah. <laughs> I can think less than myself. But, you know, sometimes it's those feelings of self-worth because you're right. You said it early in the episode, uh, you know, Christ doesn't want us to uh, beat ourselves into the ground and he doesn't do any of that beating into the ground either. Uh, so what's maybe one of the biggest pieces of advice that you, cause you, you talk to people and you have your podcast. Um, what's one of the best pieces of advice surrounding this living an authentic life uh, that you've received? I believe wholeheartedly that knowing your identity in Christ, like what you were saying, that that's foundational. Like you, you have to know that, but practically you have to live a vulnerable life. I know that's like you've got to reteach yourself how to think about that word. You got to relearn it in a positive way because vulnerability it's it's what allows so much to grow from your own life and in the lives of others. You impact so many people when you are vulnerable. And that is like that is so essential. That is so important because Think of the opposite if you don't do that. You're going to continue to live a fake life. You're going to continue to act like you got it all together when really you know you don't. And then you're going to rob someone else of the opportunity to live that out in their own lives. So I think vulnerability is is so essential. Um, I, I've learned that 
that when I am vulnerable and, and I've heard it from so many other people, when they are vulnerable, it creates vulnerability. So yeah, I, I think to be authentic, to really live that life, you have to value vulnerability and then you have to execute vulnerability. Well, and, and you talk about this a lot on your, your podcast and I want people to be able to connect with your podcast. So, uh, where can they find let's get trying? How can they get connected with you? Yeah. So you can check out let's get trying with Aaron Lee on Apple podcast. You can check it out on Google podcast, but also I have a website, Aaron T Lee.com. You can go over there. You can check out uh, some of the show, the show notes, and just some different resources. There's a blog on there as well, but those are the best ways to do it. Also, you know, I uh, I post on YouTube sometimes as well and try to do that. And, and on social media, uh, it's on Instagram at Let's Get Trying. And then also on Facebook, if you just search for Let's Get Trying with Aaron Lee, you'll find it. If there's one thing that you wanted to leave with our listeners, one challenge, an action step, uh, something you want them to remember from this episode, what would that be? I, I would definitely say that it is so important to know who Jesus is and to understand how much he loves you. And from that love, it's going to change your perspective of yourself because then you can, you no longer have to listen to those lies that you, you then are able to uh, look through that filter of Christ's love of who you are. Yeah, you're a failure. Yeah, you're a sinner. That's okay. It doesn't mean you don't try. It just means that through God's love, you're not held down by that anymore. You're not bound by that anymore. And that is the most beautiful, beautiful thing. And then that comes out of your head. You're not living in darkness anymore. You're living in the light. I love that. And Aaron, thank you for coming on the episode today. I think we're going to have to have you back on, but uh, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about uh, getting, trying and living an authentic life. Thanks, Nate. I really love what you guys are doing here. And a big thank you to each of you that joined us for this episode. Uh, I can't believe we're almost at episode 30. Uh, it's crazy to think about, but I'm really excited about some of the guests that we have coming up uh, in the not too distant future. I hope you were challenged by today's episode like me to, to live real, to be authentic, to get trying uh, on our walk, on our journey of restoration. Uh, now, before you go, we do have some things for you to do. I want you to go over to Instagram and follow the podcast on there, Grace Story Podcast, all one word, just search it in the search bar, and then go to Facebook and like that page uh, and share it with your friends. Let's continue to grow the Grace Story community. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, I hope that you'll share it with uh, two or three of your friends. Send it in Messenger, click the link. Um, if you need help with that, just send me a message, nate at graystoryministries.com or send me a direct message on Instagram or Facebook. I'd love to help you out. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, we'll be praying for you on your journey of restoration.